Are you recording? We're recording now, yeah. Okay, hi, welcome. <laughs> hi, welcome, listeners. It's 8.02 p.m. on Wednesday, January 27th. Good evening. Welcome to a very serious episode. <laughs> so serious. Um, yeah, we're doing an episode. We're going to take a personality quiz. Yeah. <laughs> And figure out why we are the way we are. Why we are the way we are. So we can just put Enneagram sixes, know what I mean, on Instagram. You know we're about to do that all the time. Yeah. I can't wait <laughs> to know what I am. But like, I don't understand how this test figures you out at all. I, I guess can't we'll see. wait to know what we are because I can't wait to look at the post I saved of Olivia Rodrigo, <laughs> driver's license, Enneagram, this is the lyric you are. Like, I can't wait to share that. To see which one. Um, but yeah, so we're doing the Enneagram quiz. Um, neither of us really know anything about it. Mm-mm. We've been Googling it, Ashley, for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I've half-assed, done some research. I still don't know what it is yeah and um everywhere is trying to charge you money to take this test yes seems like a scam it's definitely a scam and possibly a cult Uh because this one website we found that does it for free is like oh yeah you can get the free version but if you want like a more comprehensive understanding you gotta pay us yeah so and that feels like a cult if you want to be pretentious about your results you're gonna need to pay for it yeah, um, which we're balling on a budget over here. We're not going to do that. Sorry. Yeah. So we are going to end up doing the quiz. Um, I found the one that's on truity.com. It says it's free. Got it. Um, <laughs> so I think that's the one we should do because I've looked at like three others and they want to need to pay. Yeah. I don't want to pay for this. Yeah, averaging probably like ten to twenty dollars for this test. Yeah, so that'd be four. That could be forty dollars for the two of us. Yeah, no way. Yeah, we're not joining the cult, and we're not telling you to pay to take this test, dear listener. <laughs> that's why I just dropped the one that's for free. Yeah, they should be paying me. Um, but before we get into that, did you want to talk about anything that you consumed in the last week? Is anything sticking out for you? Um. I'm still reading my oh book. My uh, I'm like halfway through the last book because I keep falling asleep at night, which is good. Like that's why I read at night rather than putting on a show or a movie. Yeah. Just to fall asleep. Um, so I'm going through it a little bit slower. I'm also probably just sad that it's ending. Yeah. So I'm like dragging it out. But I watched Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. on last like Sunday. It's... Um, We've seen it before, right? I watched it, I think, like one time before. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was helping. Well, I offered to like introduce Katie to some horror movies, and wanna I want to stick to like more like historic or critically acclaimed, or at least ones that have like some depth to them. Yeah. When I show her these movies, rather than just like the fun stuff, but. Because she's not super comfortable with horror as a genre, I was like, let's pair it with like some lighter things too. So we also watched Shaun of the Dead. Oh my god, classic. I love I that love movie so much. Such a good movie. <laughs> and it was nice because obviously there, it's like a, a play on the name for Dawn of the Dead, which is part of sort of the franchise that the creators of Night of the, Night Living. Of the Living Dead yeah. started. Um, so to watch that first and then watch like the parody... Or a parody of a zombie trope horror movie was really fun because they referenced some things directly from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I, I've watched that movie so many times before, but not really realizing. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. All the jokes. That's cool. Those yeah. are two good movies for someone who is not super into the horror genre. Yeah. Because um, Shaun of the Dead is obviously like satire like funny mm-hmm. and everything um still a good movie right and then like night of the living dead like i haven't watched it in a really long time but it's definitely one that's like ingrained like mm-hmm. it's just classic like, yeah when you think of horror that is what you think of yeah like super and- good and it like ends really bleak like yeah i want to spoil it for the listener um but if you do watch it then go listen to fright school because they did a really funny episode about this the movie as well um 
Yeah, but it's just like we both sat there like, oh shit, and I yeah. was like, I definitely forgot that that happened at the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I feel like that's one of the things that makes it classic. Like that's mm-hmm. what makes it because I, I mean, and we can talk about this at a later time. But yeah. I feel like that's the problem with a lot of like horror movies these days, and like scary movies and just probably movies in general is Mm -hmm. that they end so happy they try to like tie up all the The loose loose ends ends, and and that's not how life is yeah that's not how life is and like i get people watch movies as an escape Mm -hmm. but also like i want to watch a movie because it's like really good and so if everything gets just like cleaned up nice and pretty and Mm -hmm. everybody gets what they want and the bad you know it's like not as satisfying well it they're trying to make it satisfactory but like it's just not satisfying because it's not realistic. Yeah, and then that's life. why, like, when they, like, make spinoffs or, like, trilogies and sequels and things like mm-hmm. that, and, like, that doesn't make any sense because you did such a good job of cleaning up the first one. Right. The whole point of a sequel or trilogy is to keep, keep the, story the story going. going yeah. Like, so. what if it didn't end there? Yeah. That's a good point. So, well, that sounds like fun. I'm glad that you fun. guys got to do that. Yeah, I've watched a few other ones on my list, but not much worth mentioning yeah here yeah <laughs> we're not a movie review podcast i just want to recommend some th- things in passing but yeah. what about you um not a whole lot of new stuff because i got really burnt out on watching so much new stuff mm-hmm. i haven't been re-watching anything to be honest mm-hmm. i ha- i did start watching the conspiracy uh series on netflix did you ever watch it mm-hmm it's weird. So, like, each episode is about, like, different types of conspiracies. Hmm. Um, and the most recent one that I watched was about, um, like, celebrity deaths. Interesting. So, they talked about, and not, like, like the most common ones. I guess one of them is super common. Um, they talk about Brandon Lee, him dying on the set of The Crow. Yeah. Um, and how there's, like, a conspiracy that it was this, um, essentially, some Asian mafia was behind it because what? of his dad, Bruce Lee, hmm. who they also believe was behind his death. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of crazy to watch. Ended up being pretty much debunked by, like, mm. how he was killed. Interesting, though. Um, and then the other one, which loops back to cults, is... Um, what is his name? While you Google it, I was thinking... I started listening to the Call Her Daddy podcast. Oh my, I can't. I wouldn't say that it's like the best thing I've ever listened to in the realm of podcasting, but she is kind of entertaining. I started because she interviewed Tana Mojo, and Mm -hmm. I guess she was supposed to be, Tana was supposed to be one of her first guests. Yeah. But Tana bailed. Of course. And then Call Her Daddy like continued for however long she's been doing it. Um, and like, it was just this running joke that like her first guest was Tana and of course Tana bailed cause Tana is flaky. She finally had her on. So I was like, okay, I definitely want to listen to it cause I, I'm obsessed with Tana <laughs> in an unhealthy way. I just appreciate how authentic she is, like unshamefully so. Yeah. Even though she's, you know, changing her appearance in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Maybe to people who don't know much about her would think that she's just becoming like a plastic LA Barbie doll, Mm -hmm. but she's, there's a lot more to her than that. So I like listening to whenever she goes on interviews on other people's podcasts and stuff, because she starts to like talk about all the stuff she's been through and everything that she's learning about herself. I think that's really cool. So that's what started me on Call Her Daddy and Listen to some of the episodes. Yeah, I can't. I can't only do do it in small doses. Alex is. I feel like she tries so hard to be the cool girl that's not cool, Mm. and I'm like, that bothers me so much. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm like, she tries so hard. Like, I, I just feel like she tries way too hard in a lot of stuff that she does, and like the um, interviews she does and everything. I just, I don't particularly like that. The only reason I even really know much about it is because she, like, when her co-host and her got into this huge fight and she left. Like, that's oh, all. I don't know anything about that. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason I really know <laughs> so about it. So we know it. opposite <laughs> about it. I feel like it's just, like, a one note. Like, she's she's got, like, one trick. Mm-hmm. And it's that she talks shamelessly about sex and how much yeah. she loves sex, which is good. That's empowering. 
Um, but I don't know if it is the best example that young women can look yeah. to to have sexual empowerment. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a double-edged sword for me on that one. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Yeah. So. I love him. Yeah. So one, that's like what they were talking about was his death and it being related to the Church of Scientology. Oh. Um, because he was in a movie called The Master, Mm -hmm. which was heavily influenced, um, like his character is like essentially a cult leader heavily influenced on the guy who founded Scientology, amongst other cult leaders. It wasn't mm-hmm. just specifically him, um, but basically, like, it de- they ended up somehow figuring out a way to delay that movie being released. Um, basically, Sci- The Church of Scientology did? Yeah, like, gotcha. it ended up being delayed, but there wasn't really a real reason why it was delayed type mm-hmm. of thing, so it ended up... They, were they just took like credit for being it. Being a nuisance. Yeah. Um, but so when he died of a drug overdose, because he had struggled with addiction since he was like younger, like yeah. a teenager. Um, it you know, it was just it was really suspicious. Um, mm-hmm. still there's no proof. Like they didn't they aren't able to debunk that because he did die of a drug overdose. Um, there was just like things regarding the Church of Scientology, which if you've ever watched or read or listened to anything about it, is absolutely a cult. Yeah. Um, but there's just like certain methods that they do where if they find somebody who's vulnerable or weak that they think is vulnerable or weak, they will essentially plot people in their lives to test them to see if they're strong enough to say no. Hmm. And so what the the conspiracy is is that. They basically put someone in his life that was supplying drugs and he wasn't strong enough to say no. That's really sad and unfortunate, but interesting at the same time. Yeah. There have been a lot of suspicious, like, celebrity drug overdoses Mm -hmm. that people have debated over time of whether or not it was an intentional or accidental or if somebody else, it wasn't, like self-induced mm-hmm. kind of thing so maybe we can talk about those deeper someday yeah because it's not just like drug overdoses it's things of people committing suicide mm-hmm. there's always you know people that were really close to them or people that had just seen them that are like it doesn't make sense you know how they were found this way right so i definitely think there's definitely conspiracies i think that there's a lot of shit that goes on in Hollywood that they don't want us to know about. Oh, for sure. So, Hollywood and, like, government. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and they're probably in on stuff together. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I mean, money and power. That's yeah. all it's about. But um, the show is really good. Like I said, that was just one episode that dealt with, What was with, that like, called again? It's just called Conspiracies. On Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay. I might check that out, because... Your girl loves a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, there was a wild one about how Hitler isn't dead. Oh, God. That was crazy. Yeah, I guess he could still be alive. He'd be super old. Yeah, I think that, I don't know if the show is super current. Um, It might be a couple of years old, but even still, he'd be really old. But, yeah, or, like, not necessarily, maybe not that he's still alive now. But But that he survived. Yeah, that he didn't die when they said he died. Um, I know somebody who, like, has a very strong theory about Tupac still being alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you never know. You never know. I do love a good conspiracy theory, but it's also really satisfying to me when they're debunked Mm -hmm. because it's, like, I love facts and I love, like, science and, like, data. Like, I love when stuff can be proven to me. Like, I'll question it, but Mm -hmm. once I have proof, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, moving on. Right. You can, like, let it go. But if you can't prove it, I'm going to be like, hmm. Sus. Maybe. (laughs) Purple Purple is sus. sus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a surprise uh, coming for you, dear listener, on Instagram in maybe the coming days. Yeah, um, maybe, what's today, Wednesday? Maybe Friday, if not Saturday at the latest. So head to our Instagram right now. We'll give you a second to, you know, change the app on your phone to Instagram. At some dumb chicks. Yeah, give us a follow and then stay tuned. I think that our content is freaking hilarious. Um, And this video is going to (laughs) be... 
super fun. Super hilarious. And if you have already follow us, which there's 105 of you, 105 Something of like you. Something like that. We, we achieved 100. Beow, Level beow, beow, unlocked. Beow. That's my horn sound. <laughs> there we go. Much better. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like edit that in. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's 105 of you. And if any of you watched our story yesterday, I dropped a story hint about what we were doing. Oh, yeah. So anyways, just be on the lookout for that. But purple is definitely sus. Um... <laughs> I love it. Well, that's all we'll say about that for now. I guess I want to just start like joking about it, but we'll we'll do later. Yeah. Um. So, oh, I do want to give a quick update because I know we talked about like our little goals for the year. I did schedule a doctor's appointment. Applause! I was like, it's out there in the world. There's definitely people who will hold me accountable for this. (laughs) So, I did it, and it was not as scary as. You went to the doctor already? No, no, no. I scheduled it. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That was a big step. Okay. Uh, But the woman on the phone was very nice, and she was like, I can get you in February 9th, so. That's great. As long as you don't have Kaiser, I'm convinced you will have a decent experience. Yeah. If anyone has Kaiser, which I have had most of my life, and I finally am off again. I never went to the doctor. It's such a pain. They're traumatizing. I've had so many of them say rude, like, rude things to me. Like, they just don't have good bedside manner, and I get with COVID, it sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. their lives, like, they, you know, they're under a lot of stress. They're under a lot of pressure, like, but at the same time, if someone is coming to get tested for COVID and you ask the reason why and they say, I may have been exposed, your response should not be, well, that wasn't very smart of you, was it? Holy shit. No. So, yeah, that I'm not sucks. a fan of you, Kaiser. Like, and that's just like, that's the most recent issue I've had with them. Yeah. Oh, and I signed up officially for a 10K. It's in April. I, oh my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's February. I mean, technically, when it's this episode comes February. out, it's going to yeah. be February 1st. Wow, that's crazy. How yeah. do you? Thanks. I'm just like, accountability yeah. is what I'm about right now. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got the result of a food sensitivity test that I did. <laughs> God. I want to do one of those, and I'm scared because I don't want to change my diet. And so, like, the normal numbers, I don't know what it measures. It measures something. Is like, 0 to 20 is normal. Like, if you... If your results are 0 to 20, they're not going to tell you to avoid that food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like 20 to 60, 60 to 80, and then like after 80, it's just like, just don't eat that food. Yeah. Um, and so I tested at 166 for uh, egg whites, and then I tested at 87 for egg yolks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another one, I believe like wheat, which wheat and gluten were separate because there's different things. Yeah. I don't know fully how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I can't really eat eggs anymore and I'm really disappointed about that. Yeah. And then I feel like that's why you like in the past you said like you react differently when you drink beer. It's probably yeah. the wheat in the beer. Yeah. Cause and the gluten's also on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very unfortunate because I love beer. Yeah. Um, I'm but your body don't, my body doesn't. And I'm, you know, I want to take care of her. So I want to try my hardest yeah. to not drink it. What, what the, what the F am I supposed to eat? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Cause you are pretty picky as well. Yeah. So like when I was thinking today, like I definitely didn't eat as much as I should have because I didn't know what to eat. Mm. Usually what happens is when you have like a food sensitivity, because it's not necessarily an allergic reaction. Like it's not like it's going to make me break out in hives Mm -hmm. or like I'm going to like swell or anything like that. It just means like I'm intolerant to it. It's like being lactose intolerant. Your body doesn't digest it. Yeah. Like your body doesn't like it. You can still consume it. You're not going to die from it essentially Mm -hmm. is what my doctor told me, but you just should avoid these things. But that's us catching up. So Enneagram. Enneagrams, which is just another version of a personality test if you've ever had to take one. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley brought up before she's done the Myers-Briggs one. Um, is the Myers-Briggs one the one that does, like, 
like the letters, like E, yeah, S, J things. Yeah, I don't know what any of them stand for. I can't for. even remember what my results yeah. were. So okay. that's how meaningful it was to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so it's just a personality test. But it, I did a little bit of research because, like I said, we didn't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a model of the human psyche, and it's how you understand things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's taught as essentially nine interrelated personality traits. Yeah. So, like, they're all still related. Like, it's not like, oh, you're a nine, like, you're a hard nine. Like, you don't have any sevens or eights yeah it's kind of I would understand it as like if you're comparing it to like your horoscope or like your zodiac sign like you have different like a moon sign a rising sign Mm -hmm. a sun sign a Jupiter a blah 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 like you can display characteristics of each of them in different circumstances yeah and I think that it's like uh like I think it's like designed in a way where like they overlap a little mm-hmm. bit so it's kind of like I can't think of what it's called what's it called when there's like two circles a Venn diagram yeah that mm-hmm. I haven't been to school in a long time guys <laughs> me neither but but yeah so it's kind of designed in a way that like certain qualities will overlap in your personality type I suppose yeah <clears throat> um but so it was actually introduced in 1915. Wow. By a philosopher and a teacher, George. Oh, I'm gonna not say his name right. George Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff. Um, and it was introduced by him as a as a way of doing spiritual development. Yeah. So it's a cult. Yeah. It's definitely a cult. It's a pretty long-standing cult, like 1915. Yeah. I mean, they haven't done a mass suicide yet. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have not. All right. Um, and then, so after he introduces it in 1915, in the 1960s, this guy, Oscar Echazo, I think he was in um, Chile, mm-hmm. he um, actually places the nine personality types. So, like, I don't know wh- how it looked before he did that. Okay. But it was, like, I, I would assume it was some sort of, like, tier system. Yeah. Like, when the original guy introduced it. like. Hmm. Probably, like, the higher, the better, maybe. Um, if it was spiritual, that probably meant you were more... Enlightened. Enlightened, I would say, maybe. Closer to nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're down towards the bottom, the way that I understand it, it was very... Because it's spiritual, very religious. Um, the hmm. tears... There were bad tears and good tears. Gotcha. Versus most personality tests that you do... They're neutral. Like, it's not like you're a bad person if you're this. Right. It seems as if they were originally very influenced and certain things were not good. Mm. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. So after he, this Oscar guy, creates um, nine personality types or adds them into the whole Enneagram, then after that, Claudia Naranjo, Naranjo, she integrated it into modern psychology. So it ends up being a tool for psychologists as they're, um, like, analyzing, I would, you know, analyzing humans. Gotcha. Um, And then after that, that's really just kind of when it takes off. Um, When does she do that? Shortly after Oscar creates the personality. So probably, like, 1970s, 60s. 60s. Yeah. Cool. Um, I wonder why it has become so popular in millennials lately. I think because we want to know what makes us the way that we are. Yeah. Like, I feel like millennials more than any generation before, like, we want to know, like, our motivations what drives behind, us. Like, our reactions and our behavior and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's true. Um, because I, com- I, like, looked at a couple of comparisons to the Enneagram to, like, Myers- Briggs because Mm -hmm. of Myers-Briggs is probably the most popular one Mm -hmm. um and so it said that Myers-Briggs is mainly like figuring out your conscious and your cognitive Mm -hmm. parts of your brain and who you are whereas the Enneagram is your unconscious and like what motivates you within like the depths of your psyche so it's more like you don't have like control over it subconsciously yeah gotcha 
makes sense. Should we go over the different types? Yeah, if you have those up. I only yeah. wrote down what they are. I have no idea, like, what, like, what they mean, I guess you could say. Cool. I do have it up. There are nine different types, and on the EnneagramInstitute.com website, they give you, like, a quick like one sentence description and then you can like go in and expand upon it so i figure once we know what we are we can go into the in-depth ones but this will just be like the overview so number one enneagram one is called the reformer they're all like the something um and the reformer is the rational idealistic type principled purposeful self-controlled and perfectionistic um, I feel like that's me already. Like, I don't need to read any of the other ones. <laughs> There's a few. Like, I think it'll be hard for us to guess what we are. Um, the Enneagram 2 is the helper, the caring interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. I want to, like, combine all of them. That's what, yeah. Like, I mean, they all overlap. But So Enneagram 3 is the achiever. The success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Enneagram 4 is the individualist. The sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. I'm trying really hard to remain neutral while reading this, but I'm I'm calling myself out. (laughs) I will say, real quick pause. I'm proud of us for calling ourselves out <laughs> because, like I said, like these, like the Enneagram personality traits, I don't think any of them are really that positive. Like, I yeah. think that there's, like, I think they're all pretty negative. Not at, uh, well, let's keep going. Okay. Um, the number five Enneagram is the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Enneagram six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. The Enneagram seven is the enthusiast, (laughs) the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Enneagram eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type. Self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. The Enneagram 9 is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. So, those are the nine. I wonder... Okay, so should we say which ones we think ourselves are? Um, yeah. I'm gonna say... I'm probably going to get four or five. So you are, you think you're either the individualist. Yeah. Which is the sensitive withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. (laughs) Or the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Okay. Um, Maybe six, too. (laughs) I just think because anxious and suspicious is very much me. Cyan is suspicious. Cyan is sus. sus. Um, Okay, I mean, for me, I definitely still think I'm a one, the reformer rational idealistic type except i'm not super rational all the time (laughs) um principled purposeful self-controlled and perfectionistic um i also would say the achiever Mm -hmm. the success oriented pragmatic type adaptive excelling driven and image conscious see it's just like i feel like i'm such a mix of certain ones um for the individualist, I would agree with you. I think we're both the sensitive withdrawn type, mm-hmm. which I would and I, dramatic. <laughs> I will laugh if we both end up four having yeah being four. That'd be funny. Um, I definitely don't think we're seven, eight, or nine. I'm definitely not nine. Well, I can be pretty like agreeable. I guess I'm 
just like indecisive whenever people are like well what do you want to do I'm like I don't care (laughs) then that's what makes me like kind of easygoing and whenever people are like what do you want in your pizza I'm like I like everything yeah I think that's the only part of me that is like that yeah I I'm not like that (laughs) I like things the way that I like them um it's interesting it's not on this specific website but so the other one of the other websites that I came across Mm -hmm. it broke them down to the different like what each one is like body heart or head Hmm. and so that's interesting yeah and so for body it has one eight and nine which is the reformer the challenger and the peacemaker Mm mm-hmm for heart, it has two, three, and four. Uh, the helper, the achiever, the individualist. And then for head, it had five, six, and seven. So it's interesting how those are related. And I think once we find out what we actually are, I think it'll be interesting to see how those correlate mm-hmm. to the body, um, heart, and head. Are you supposed to have like maybe traits of each body, heart, and head? Or are you supposed to be like all body, all heart, all head? I mean, I think ideally, like if we're still looking at this as like a, like a well-rounded thing, individual, yeah, you would want to have qualities from each of those. But yeah. it'd be interesting if you had qualities from only one part. Yeah, we will. See I don't know if that's like a negative way to think about it. To not want a specific one. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. Um, but I think it's just because that one seems to have the most negative negative adjectives yeah um so I definitely it seems like and we're following this whole Enneagram is a cult thing four is called the individualist so how many individualist types of personalities are you gonna get yeah to follow you right probably not a lot and that's why it's like kind of in the middle of the ranking too yeah very interesting four is my favorite number but Mm. I don't seven is mine and I'm done. I don't think there's much about me that is a seven. <laughs> Except for maybe distractible <laughs> and versatile. In You're some versatile. Ways. Yeah. You're more versatile than I am, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But we are going to take a quick pause and we are going to take our test. Yeah. So go ahead and feel free to take it with us um, if you wanna. And we will be back shortly. interesting (laughs) so um let's go with like our smallest pie piece our smallest yeah like let's go smallest to biggest okay if you scroll down it shows you the percentages too oh sweet okay so I was like I can't can't tell some of the ones I'm like uh, mm. pie charts Venn diagrams (laughs) it's been a long time um, my least is a nine, which is the peacemaker. <laughs> um, my least is a seven, which I figured. Okay, so wait, let's do, read them off again. My lowest goes seven, nine, one, five, six, eight, three, tie, two, four. Okay, my lowest is nine. Five, seven, six, four, eight, two, three, one. So one was your highest? I wow. knew it. The perfectionist. That was one of my lower ones, which um, was interesting. But two and three were tied for like my second highest, hmm. um, which is interesting because those are both the heart. Um, I got, so it was like 98% and then 97 was three. So two, three, four are my top highest and they're only different by 1%. So yours are all heart. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not well-rounded though. We'll say that. I mean, my only one that's not heart is my top one, which is body, which is the perfectionist. I have to play a clip because a lot of these things. If you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't fit in, and I don't 
want to fit in. What is that from? <laughs> it's from Riverdale. Oh. And every question that was like, I'm weird. People don't understand me. You were thinking <laughs> like, about that. I was that. thinking of Jughead Jones ranting about how he's a weirdo. Like, mm. because I feel like only weirdos would rant about being weird. Yeah. <laughs> All those ones were funny. They were like, I often think that my interests are different than everyone else's interests. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So your, what's your top one? Or you, I guess you tied for two yeah, and four. Yeah, two and four. So the giver and the individualist. Yeah. So like I give a lot to people, but I don't, I'm like, I feel alone in giving <laughs> so much of myself. I'm going to expand the individualist on this one. Um, Which was the one that we didn't want, and I figured I called it out. Was gonna yeah, get it. we both called out our number ones, though. You just happened to tie. Mm-hmm. Um, fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. <laughs> yeah. With Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. They t- they typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. At their best, inspired and highly creative, they are able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. That's high-key accurate. That's very me. You're, like, the creative stuff, like... You are very creative. Thanks. Um, oh, it gives you examples of people who are fours. Hmm. Jackie Kennedy was a four. Look at so you. So regal. Edgar Allan Poe was also a four. I think I'm a lot deeper than I am, probably. <laughs> Alanis Morissette. Oh, I love that. And Florence from Florence and the Machine. Amy She's also Winehouse. I love Amy Winehouse. Angelina Jolie. I have to skip right over that. Angelina Jolie, Winona Ryder, Kate Winslet, Nicolas Cage. He's a weirdo, too. I love Nicolas Cage. Johnny Depp, Kat Von D, Chris Angel. These are all, like, weirdos. Cher and Stevie Nicks. Prince. Wow. There's Stevie a lot Nicks of cool is also a witch. I know that, but that's because American Horror Story <laughs> taught me that. Bob Dylan. You got a lot of cool, a lot of, like, very creative people. Eccentric. I like them. I like it a lot. Great job, you. I want to look at, what was your second? Two. Two. The helper, or... The The giver? The The giver is what it also called, yeah. Mm -hmm. Twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. Mm. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. Mm. They typically... That's like the second one for me. It's very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, unselfish and altruistic, they have unconditional love for others. Wow. Key motivations. Want to be loved, to express their feelings for others, to be needed and appreciated, to get others to respond to them, to vindicate their claims about themselves. (laughs) They need to be vindicated. Yeah. Um, Examples of people. Eleanor Roosevelt was a two. Nancy Reagan. Monica Lewinsky. Lots of politicians. Mary Kay from Mary Kay Cosmetics. Mm. Wow. Fancy. She's like the achiever. Lionel Richie. Stevie Wonder. Dolly Parton. Hell yeah. I'm surprised that I tied. Okay, so on the quiz we took, one is called The Perfectionist, but on the actual one we're reading the description, it's called The Reformer. Mm. Ones are conscientious, that's the word, (laughs) and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They Mm. are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. Mm. Well-organized, orderly, and fastidious, they train to maintain high standards that can slip into being critical and perfectionistic. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience. At their best, wise, discerning, realistic, and noble, can be morally heroic. 
Basic fear of being corrupt and evil or defective. <laughs> Basic desire to be good, to have integrity, to be balanced. Interesting. Yeah. I like that yours is a lot of like ethics and like good and evil, right and wrong. Yeah. Um, I do think you have a good sense of that. Mm-hmm. Key motivations want to be right, <laughs> always, <laughs> always to a fault. But I, I recognize that in myself, mm-hmm. and I will admit when I am wrong. I'm not one of those assholes that will just like not let go of it or like yeah. not bend. Not even like acknowledge that. Like once they realize they've been proven wrong, they don't acknowledge the situation yeah. anymore. Because yeah. I'm like, it's it goes back to like. I like facts, and I like science, and I like... Like, if you can prove something, mm-hmm. I have no problem, Yeah, like, agreeing like, okay, with now you. I'm enlightened, yeah. and we can move forward. Yeah. Um, examples of ones are Confucius, Plato... <laughs> wow. Joan of Arc, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Margaret Thatcher... Ew, Prince Charles... Blech. If you watch The Crown, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. You know. Kate Middleton. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter. Michelle Obama. Hell yeah. That's cool. I like that you have a lot of like theologists. Lots of strong females in there. Um, the one I skipped over is Osama bin Laden. <laughs> I don't feel like he should be allowed to be on this list. How do they have enough like data <laughs> on his personality to like take to analyze his results? Uh, or, like, he took it. <laughs> like, he's registered in there. Can you imagine? Gandhi took it, too. <laughs> like, doesn't believe in, like, the internet, but, like... Um, I wanted to go back to your fours. So, for fours, the basic your basic fear is that they have no identity or pers- personal significance. I have a fear of not... I want to, like, have meaning in the world yeah and like be acknowledged for the things that I did Mm -hmm. so yeah Hmm. basic desire to find themselves and their significance in parentheses (laughs) to create an identity yeah I just basically explained that (laughs) (laughs) um and then you tied for two so what is that fear a two's basic fear is a fear of being unwanted or unworthy of being loved. Oh my god. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. We're going to move straight on. <laughs> uh, basic desire, I mean, it's not getting better. Basic desire is to feel loved. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to unpack. Damn. We just went on a four-week <laughs> vacation. I have been read. <laughs> We went on a four-week European vacation. We have suitcases yeah. that we are ready to unpack. That is so interesting. Threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. Ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status-conscious and highly driven for advancement. Hmm. They are diplomatic employees but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with... <laughs> workaholicism workaholism and competitiveness <laughs> wow. at their best self-accepting authentic everything they seem to be role models who inspire others that's i have to say as two people who were in the same position at a company prior yeah this one and then our downfall was like the exact same reason yeah like, it's this yeah that's crazy my yeah. jaw's on the floor still going through the list like tom cruise obviously has happened yeah um like not the rug so much but like will smith like him and jada have come under scrutiny for mm-hmm. stuff that they've done um kevin spacey's on there you know there's drama <laughs> yeah it's like him. all these people achieved great things or were admired at one point maybe mm-hmm. at like the top of their game and then fell in yeah. some way which is i mean that happened to us too <laughs> yeah literally yeah it's so interesting. I feel like it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy to me that we both picked. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a level of self-awareness that probably not a lot of people have. Yeah. Because you could go through the list and you could be like, oh, yeah, I definitely think that I'm, you know, the loyalist, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that I'm, like, a loyal person or something. Mm-hmm. But I think... 
when you really, when it comes down to it and you do, like, a personality test, if you're being, like, honest and not trying to, like, beat the system or, like, get the right results, yeah, I think that they were pretty accurate. Yeah. There was definitely some that I was, like, if I'm being honest, I need to say that that is totally accurate Yeah, when I don't want it to be, you know, like, or I want to be neutral or something about some stuff, but... Absolutely. I think that was definitely very enlightening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about why we wanted to do this, and it's because we think it's important to understand some things about yourself and to yes. really be able to hold yourself accountable. Like, that's mm-hmm. what your whole thing is right now. And I yeah. think it's anything like a personality test. Like, I look at it the same way as, like, astrology and, like, your horoscope and things like that. It is how you interpret it, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give anybody excuses. And I think that it's helpful to do it because then other people, like, if you share what you are, like, you may be able to relate, or relate and, like, have, like, better communication mm-hmm. in a way that's going to work better for both of you. Yeah. Um, I think definitely, like, with the workplace, I can understand why a lot of these tests are helpful for people managing or trying to co-work with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, just because we're not all built the same. So what works for me and maybe like the type of feedback that I respond well to, or give you the results that you're looking for, it has to be structured in a different way than the type of feedback you like. Yeah. So I think this is all good stuff to just kind of be aware of, like, when dealing with other people. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I know, like, before we did it, like, I was like, I don't want to be a four. <laughs> because, and it is because of the way that it's worded. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, that's probably done on purpose. I think there's different adjectives they could have used. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think these types of personality tests should be used as a reason to, like, change. not hire people. Yeah. Um, or to, yeah, or to change who you are, like, anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a tool in that way. Um, and I think that there are probably companies and hiring managers that do, yeah. you know, like, see somebody's results like that and then, like, put them in the, like, no pile, you know? Right. And I just think it's so unfair because... Although we're both trying to be as honest as possible and we just did the test, if I did the test again tomorrow, I may have different answers. Yeah, or if I did the test thinking I want to pass this in order to, like, or I want to get results that make me look hireable or easy to work with, then I would answer differently to some things. Um, And I've done that with a ton of, like, online applications and stuff where they're, like, for, like, bigger companies or whatever, they want you to take, like, their assessment test. Yeah. And it's, like, you never really know what they're looking for because they're – and the questions can be so manipulated in different ways. You can have the same type of question five different ways. They just word it differently. Yeah, and they're trying to see if, like – if you're like stay true to yourself or if you sway easily or if something's worded positively or negatively like what your answers will be those are all like it's all subjective yeah I think but I think it should definitely be used as a tool for yourself to be able to improve your relationships or your like have more meaningful interactions with Mm -hmm. people not to judge other people based on what they have. Yeah, not to judge other people and not to judge yourself mm-hmm. either. So, I just, like I like I said, I think it was just interesting to do something like this. I appreciate finding out what I am, just mm-hmm. so now I can say I'm a one. Um, <laughs> you get to say you're a four and a two, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty close with the three. Like, literally 98, 98, 97. Yeah. Like, those are all really high matches. Yeah. So, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm a two, three, four. A four, uh, five, six. A six, seven. A one, seven. Seven. Is it seven erogenous zones? I think so. I need a, I need a diagram. You don't know I'm seven. <laughs> where's, where's Courtney Cox giving me the diagram? <laughs> because I, I didn't know there was seven. If you go to like... Friends erogenous zones diagram. There's like pictures. I think these are all probably just like fan made, assuming different zones. 
yeah, erogenous zones are parts of the body that excite sexual feelings when touched or stimulated. They may be genital or extragenital. Interesting. Well, the more you know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like ears, the neck, nipples, inner thighs, butt cheeks, hands. <laughs> I'm all questioning, like, <laughs> hands? Okay. I guess, like, if you're, like, that's why hand-holding is kind of, you know, nice. Oh. And then the genitals. Yeah, here are the seven erogenous zones in women, according to Monica Geller. Ears, lips, neck, breasts, butt, inner thighs, genitals. So I just don't have hands. What did you get instead? Lips. Lips. Yeah. There's <laughs> one that is um, 11 erogenous zones. Oh my and then gosh. it does like a, a man and a woman. And the woman's goes from like literally head to toe. And then the man's is all the penis. <laughs> like all 11 <laughs> are in the penis. <laughs> you took notes dear listener there was a lot of information there but I also hope that you are pulled to understand yourself more because that's what we're here for yeah and again the free quiz to find out your Enneagram number is truity.com it was just like six pages of maybe yeah. like 10 questions, 10 to 15 questions per page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of them made you, us giggle or say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty easy to get through. Mm-hmm. It tells you at the end, like a pie chart, pie graph. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, like which ones it breaks it down for you. It tells you what percentage of each one. So you like how Ashley said she has two that were the exact same percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, just very informative, very cool, pretty easy and quick to do. Yeah. Um, so if you're wanting to do some sort of like self-reflection and learn a little bit more about, you know, maybe how you relate or how maybe you're perceived as well, be a helpful tool. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself. And be kind to others. I think I'm going to do a post that if you are somebody or you know somebody who owns their own business or has their own side hustle Mm -hmm. or has a service that they offer, like anything like that, just like let us know, like DM us or text us if you have our phone numbers Mm -hmm. because we'd love to, you know, give a shout out, give a shout out and then have you like post your story or something like that. Um, Just keep the word going. So yeah, do a little... A promotion exchange. Yeah, that would be awesome. 